What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and it's Tuesday morning, which means it's time to get into our must-add waiver wire targets for week nine of the fantasy football season. I'm not going to lie to you guys, it's looking pretty dry on waiver wire right now, but nonetheless, we're going to talk about players that are under 50% owned on ESPN and players you should be looking to add and stash as we look forward to the fantasy football playoffs. So with all that being said, make sure you go down below, subscribe if you're new, leave a like, subscribe, let's go. All right, I think I said subscribe twice there, but you guys understand what we have going on here. Now, again, these guys are all under 50% owned on ESPN. Some of these guys are going to be, we're going to lead up top with guys that are probably not on waivers in your league, and we're going to kind of get uh, deeper and deeper as we go. Now, first up here, we have Chuba Hubbard, who has been on waiver wire shows or all of my waiver wire videos uh, for like the past few weeks. But if he's on waivers, definitely go get him. He's right now only owned in 42.9% of ESPN leagues. Maybe half of you guys have him on waivers, but he's been the preferred back here over the last few weeks that come out of the bye week and Miles Sanders is presumably healthy and they come out here 45 of 67 snaps for Hubbard, 17 touches, 12 of 67 snaps for Miles Sanders, two touches for him. Now, I'll be honest, Chuba Hubbard wasn't all that effective in this game. I think they had like a under three yards per carry. Like they just couldn't really get anything on the ground going versus the Texans. They have Will Anderson, who as much as he was drafted as a pass rusher, has actually been an amazing run stopper as well. So tough to really say that this role sticks. Like I don't think it's going to be this wide of a gap. In my eyes, it's probably going to be 50-50 split moving forward where Chuba Hubbard is going to be kind of like this back-end RB3 play, high-end RB3 play if it's like injuries and buys going on, but it's not super, super sexy. If Miles Sanders was to go down, Chuba Hubbard would then become like a back-end fringy RB2, but still somebody that in a landscape where running back is pretty brutal right now, bye weeks are coming up ahead here. Chuba Hubbard makes sense as a good ad. Now, moving on again, Probably not on waivers in your league, but we have Devin Singletary. He continues to eat into Damian Pierce's workload. We saw before the bye, Devin Singletary just completely dominated things, had 12 carries, two targets. Bye week happens. We come out of the bye. He has a 41% snap rate to Damian Pierce's 43%. He had nine routes to Damian Pierce's seven. He had 12, or Pierce had 12 rushes. Singletary had 10 uh, rushes here. And then he also had two targets. So, Devin Singletary is more of the pass catching back here. Damian Pierce more of the goal line between the tackles grinder. Neither are really startable, but Devin Singletary needs to be stashed at this point in case he overtakes the entire role and gets like a 65-35 split or like a 60-40 split, or in case of Damian Pierce was to go down. Now, after that, we have Zach Charbonnet, who is probably our last one of guys that probably aren't available in your league, but I think are still worth talking about just because there's not a ton going on this week, but... You have Zach Charbonnet. Uh, this week, you had Kenneth Walker coming into this game with an injury. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. I wouldn't call this, as much as I love Charbonnet and I'd love to take victory laps, this is not a Charbonnet takeover. I think this was probably just a one-week thing. Uh, but Charbonnet had 56% of the snaps. 44% went to Kenneth Walker. Uh, Charbonnet had seven touches, 8.4 PPR points. Kenneth Walker had nine touches for eight PPR points. They played the Browns. Neither of them got home. Uh, it is worth noting that they won the game. So that's always nice if you have a rookie kind of have a little bit, not a breakout performance, but you know, he was a big part of their game plan and they won the game. So I think moving forward, it'll probably be a, a heavier split towards Zach Charbonnet than it's been 
in weeks past, but to say Charbonnet is now the 1A here I think is completely wrong. But it is nice that he has the pass-catching role not locked up, but 22 routes run to Walker's 10 routes is really nice. Again, the whole thesis of drafting Zach Charbonnet and stashing him this entire time was Charbonnet, better pass catcher than Kenneth Walker, bigger, more physically imposing back than Kenneth Walker. So if we can get red zone touches and if we can get targets, then we're cooking there. And if not, to me, he's one of the most valuable handcuffs in all of football. If Walker was to go down, Charbonnet would be an instant plug and play every single week. Now, these are players that I think are more widespread available. You have Trey McBride, which, by the way, we do a Sneaky Starts video every single Friday. Uh, I think a lot of you guys watch it, but I don't know how many of you guys actually watch it. It's one of the lower-viewed videos we get on the channel, but I have fun with it. Uh, and Trey McBride was a Sneaky Start of ours. He was He's only owned right now 7.8% of ESPN leagues, I was saying. I mean, we're kind of hot on the Sneaky Starts video, not just kind of pat myself on the back, but we had Darrell Henderson the week before. We had Trey McBride this week. It's just kind of guys late in the week. They're on waivers. If you need a plug and play start, go grab that guy. And Trey McBride came out here and absolutely delivered. He led the Cardinals with 14 targets. He had 10 catches, 95 yards. He had a touchdown. And we can see here, this is from the utilization report on Fantasy Life here, where week eight, he had the most routes he's ever run, 88% of the routes. He was actually, the thing that was so intriguing about Trey McBride was on a per-route basis, he was actually really good, where you can see week one, 20% target per-route run, week five, 33%, week six, 23%, week seven, 30%. Anything over 20% target per-route run is really, really good. Then he came out here in his first time in a full-time role, no Zach Ertz, and absolutely balls out, 40% of the targets, 41% of the air yards, 26 PPR points was the overall, I think Laporta might have taken him, uh, last night, I'm not sure, but he was like a top three tight end this week, which is really nice. In my eyes, until Ertz comes back, and there's even upside that once Ertz comes back, Trey McBride just kind of puts his foot on the gas pedal and is still the undisputed tight end one running enough routes to sort of uphold that. But until Zach Ertz is ever back in the mix, Trey McBride to me is a rest of season tight end one. Now, for those of you guys that are like, who even is Trey McBride? He was a second round pick last uh, last year. He didn't play much because Zach Ertz was in front of him. But he is a fun prospect. He was, again, a second-round pick out of Colorado State. Had some productive seasons. He was essentially the tight end one in the 2022 draft class. But that was kind of a weaker tight end class. You're talking through, like, Greg Dolchich. Again, Trey McBride. I'm trying to think of who else was even in that class. Uh, Chigo Conquo was in that class as well. Trey McBride was a consensus tight end one in that class. Now, I'm not saying he's as athletic as George Kittle. You can see George Kittle's relative athletic score, 9.57 to Trey McBride's. But... Essentially, he's like a, 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 a mini version of Kittle, where he's that same build of a receiving tight end, which I think is really important, right? That like 6'3", 245-pound uh, prototype, where he's clearly not a blocker. On top of that, he runs a 4'5". So 6'3", 246 pounds, 4'5", speed, is one of these like George Kittle, Evan Ingram move tight ends, which is great for fantasy football, right? This is a guy who's not going to be relied on as a blocker. He's going to be running routes. He's athletic. Now, he's less explosive than Kittle, and he's most likely less agile than George Kittle. But in terms of just size, speed, uh, and a role in an offense, to me, he's like a poor man's George Kittle. Uh, something in that, you know, area of tight ends of like your David Njoku's, your uh, Sam Laporta's in there too, of like 6'3", 245, more of a receiver, Evan Ingram, George Kittle, uh, Aaron Hernandez, these guys, you know, John U. Smith. Uh, Gerald Everett. <laughs> now I'm just listing off guys. But you guys get what I'm saying uh, when it comes to Jer Trey McBride. He's somewhere on that uh, spectrum of like move tight ends. Now after that, we have Royce Freeman, our fifth must add here. 
Uh, we talked about him last week, but he's still somebody that I think is probably hanging out on waiver uh, on waivers. And until Kyron Williams comes back, and I have to say, Kyron Williams, it's a bit concerning. There's some injury analysts out there uh, that are very concerned about his ankle injury history. He, I believe, had a high ankle sprain or something. He has some sort of ankle injury. He has a long history of ankle uh, concerns where the injury he had was something that most athletes recover from in like a couple weeks. He was immediately put on IR. So I'm not saying Kyron Williams won't be back, but there's a chance that he re-aggravates things or things sort of fall off a cliff. He was also like a day three pick. There's not a ton tied up with him. Uh, Royce Freeman out snaps Henderson. I mean, albeit 52% to 48%, but he's very much in the mix here on a team where if Sean McVay was ever be like, okay, well, Royce Freeman's just much better than Darrell Henderson. Let's just roll with him as the main guy. Royce Freeman could just be the next Kyron Williams here. So I don't mind. I think that he's someone that needs to be stashed everywhere. And he's like a fringe startable guy as like a borderline RB3 most weeks. I wouldn't call it he got home, but he had 10.4 PPR points this week, nine carries, 44 rushing yards and a touchdown. If you're desperate enough to start Royce Freeman, he gives you 10 PPR points. There's worse things that can happen there. Now, after Royce Freeman, we have Rashid Shahid. Now, he was a rookie wide receiver report darling last year. His yards per out run was insane. Like, his yards per out run uh, and his PFF grade were kind of like just a tier outside of, like, if, if you're just putting prospect profile aside and you're just talking about raw year one numbers, Rashid Shahid was like a tier, you know, he arguably wide receiver four in the class. Again, not taking into account salary, draft capital, anything. Just in terms of his yards per run, his PFF grade, he was really, really good last year. Uh, and he's kind of like a like a poor man's Gabe Davis. He's not a must-add, but with bye weeks and injuries going on, you could do a lot worse than in like a three-wide receiver one flex or a two-wide receiver two flex league than just kind of rolling Rashid Shahid out there from time to time where... He is the wide receiver, forty-two in points per game at eleven point five points per game. So that's like about a flex in a in a you know a league where you can start four wide receivers at a time, and you can see. I mean, he has some great spike week with spike weeks, which is nice. Where you can see week one twenty points, and you have week six eighteen point three, week eight twenty four point three, Carolina uh, ten point three. He also returns kicks and punts. So if you're in one of those leagues, um, I know the NFC, which is a high stakes platform I play on, they give bonuses for kick return touchdowns. Like some leagues do yards. Anything with that in the mix, Rashid Shahid uh, is actually a really good returner. Where if I pull up, I'm, I'm going to pull up his sleeper uh, profile right now. But yeah, he had like 110 kick return yards in week one. Uh, he had a kick, he had a special teams touchdown on, I believe, a punt return in week three. So again, if you have any of those like weird quirks, uh, Rashid Shahid gets a small little boost there. Uh, but again, I would treat him like Gabe Davis light. Now, a fellow Buffalo Bill, our seventh must-add waiver wire target, is Kalosha Kerr. Now, this is really only in deep leagues. Like, if it's like a 12-man, you only got like five or six bench spots. I don't know that you need to stash uh, Kalosha Kerr. But it is interesting. We know that year two wide receiver breakouts are a real thing. Kalosha Kerr is in year two. Kind of a zero in year one. Uh, but he finally had a featured role this week where he goes his first time over 50% of the routes. Again, this is from uh, My Fantasy Life's Utilization Report. It's a great tool here. You can see 72% of the routes. 18% target per run is solid, especially in an offense next to Stephon Diggs. Nine yard A dot, 23% air yards. He had 15 PPR points. I don't know if the top 24 finish held, but like you'll take that uh, from a second year guy in like his first year in a, or his first game in a featured role. He was a guy as a prospect that, I mean, I think that he was a day three pick or like a, or a third round pick, but 
looked okay. You know, kind of had some... I don't want to give him too many flowers here, but he looked good as like this slot receiver, sort of prototype, bigger slot uh, type of guy. And anybody in this Bills offense, Bills offense is just absolutely humming right now. So if this 72% goes up to like 80% plus, he could be a guy that you could like flex uh, on a weekly basis when these bye weeks are getting really bad these next, you know, five weeks or so. Uh, on top of that, the Dawson Knox injury is what's really to monitor for Kalosha Kerr. Any game that Dawson Knox is not in, Kalosha Kerr is going to have a huge bump here where you're going to have less two tight end sets, which means you're going to bring in bring out a slot receiver. So I said this on the Top 10 Lessons Learned video, but as much as the Dawson Knox injury helps Dalton Kincaid, it also helps Kalosha Kerr a ton because Kalosha Kerr is actually sort of the one-for-one -one replacement for Dawson Knox. And I think that this team actually, I mean, they looked a lot better uh, against Tampa Bay on the primetime game. I think this team probably operates a bit better out of 11 personnel. Uh, like, especially as a team that's not ever going under center. Like, Josh Allen is rarely going under center. So coming out in 12 personnel is just so weird to me. Like, 12 personnel out of shotgun, I don't know what that's really helping, you know? Uh, but I don't know. I don't get paid to coach football. Now, after that, we have our... Eighth must-add waiver wire target, which is just where we get into our rookie wide receivers. As always, rookie wide receivers are cheat codes, fellas. We talk about this every single season, almost every single waiver wire video. Veterans, as the year goes on, they see a downtick in points per game. Veter or rookies, they see an uptick. We see all the time league winners emerge down the stretch. We've already been starting to see it with guys like Jordan Addison and Josh Downs here. We saw last year with Christian Watson, year before that, Amon Ross St. Brown. These guys emerge, and I think it's worth just kind of stashing rookies on your bench and just hoping that down the stretch, one of these guys emerge. Now, we're just going to pull up the rookie wide receiver report so you can pretty much see everything that I'm going to be talking about here. But first up, we're going to talk about Jaden Reed. Now, you can see Jaden Reed is about, uh, he, he's right between Michael Wilson and Dontavion Wicks, like towards the bottom of this chart. This is the rookie wide receiver report. I just figured it's decent to sort of throw it up on the screen so you can see what we're talking through here. But Jaden Reed uh, had 88% of the routes ran in this past game in week eight, which is huge for him. Coming out of the bye, he was at 53%, but it seems like this team has now, instead of making Jaden Reed just a 50% route guy with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs up top, it seems more of a three-man at the top rotation, maybe less tight ends running routes or less Dontavion Wicks and Samore Torre uh, on the back end. But Jaden Reed, again, back in the mix. He's running a starter diet of snaps. He has 10-plus PPR points in four of seven games. He's coming off a game where he had 12.3 PPR points, six targets, four catches, 83 yards. That's all perfectly solid. And if we were to see a Christian Watson injury or Romeo Dobbs injury, Jaden Reed would get even that much more of a bump here. Now, somebody else, these first two guys, Jaden Reed and then Demario Douglas, are less of stashes, and they're more guys that are almost flex plays already right now, where they're running enough routes to be flex considerations. Demario Douglas, admittedly, this one's for a little bit more deeper leagues. If you're in like a 10-man, two-wide receiver, one-flex, if you're in any two-wide receiver, one-flex league, uh, you can throw out Demario Douglas. But if you're in a competitive, deep league, Demario Douglas, very interesting. He's the fourth name on the rookie wide receiver report here. He was out, then 76% of the routes, then 84% of the routes. 24.3% target per run is elite. 1.93 yards per run attached to Mac Jones on a low A dot. Also elite. 75 plus PFF grade. That's beautiful. So Demario Douglas on like a per route basis and by PFF is like very solid. He almost reminds me of last year's Rashid Shahid, but not the same archetype of player. He is more uh, Wandale Robinson than he is Gabe Davis, if that makes sense. 
Uh, but regardless, he hit a 20% plus target share in this past uh, week here. And you have Kendrick Bourne going down now. So he's really going to be called upon uh, as a playmaker in this offense. It's kind of garbage PPR points you're going to get here. But some of us are down bad. That's not the worst thing in the world. And he's a rookie wide receiver. Maybe he can sort of find some efficiency uh, as like a hidden gem. Uh, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. Now, after that, we have Quentin Johnson. Now, this is where we get to more of our stashes. Uh, I'm still not comfortable starting Quentin Johnston yet, but we have some positive things to go off of. Uh, he set season highs in targets, receptions, yards, PFF receiving grade, routes, yards up to catch, yards per out run, contested catches, missed tackles for his first downs, passer rating when targeted, all on that Sunday night game. Now, the bar was very low, right? We're talking six targets, five catches for 50 yards, and he set a bunch of career highs. But it's at least a step in the right direction, right? He's featured in the offense. Keenan Allen was talking him up after the game. If they can find anything for Quentin Johnson to get up to speed in this offense to become a part of this offense, then we're cooking with fire. So I don't mind stashing Quentin Johnston with the hopes from like, you know, week 12 on. He's somebody you can put in your lineup every week and get like massive spike weeks. That is in the range of outcomes. Um, but he also might be somebody you cut in like two to three weeks, which is fine. I think that's, that's a fine archetype to have on your bench. And then our last stash here is John Mingo. John Mingo's interesting. I mean, he's already at, so 95% of the routes in week six by week. He's third name from the bottom, John Mingo, uh, 98% of the routes in week eight, 15.7% target per run. So he's earning route. He's earning targets. He's not very efficient. PFF grade doesn't really like him, but you know, it, he's a, a more raw rookie wide receiver in an offense that's not great but he's running routes he's the clear second option on this team right now he had the best game of his career I guess you could say with 10.2 PPR points this past week and the thing that's exciting about the Carolina Panthers is this is a chart from Hayden Winks he takes fantasy wide receiver usage so just overall volume in an offense now I know Adam Thielen is there and that's going to account for a lot of that 39.4 but you can see the Panthers are up there with teams right now Washington the Bengals, where we're seeing multiple wide receivers from these teams get home, right? With the Raiders up there, you have Jacoby Myers, you have Devontae Adams. With the Saints up there, you have uh, Rashid Shahid, Olave, Michael Thomas, the Bucks. You have, of course, Mike Evans. You have Chris Godwin, Bengals. You've had, I mean, Tyler Boyd got home this week. So this is these are offenses that they're grouped in, right? Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, where that amount of volume is enough to sustain multiple wide receivers, right? Not just Adam Thielen can exist in this offense if they're going to run this up-tempo, this many pass attempts in a given game. So that's that's really exciting for John Mingo because what this chart tells me is that there's enough room for more than just one wide receiver. It's just going to be whether or not Mingo can actually play and, you know, if he's going to be Christian Watson or if he's going to be Terrace Marshall. Those are the range of outcomes right now, but the environment is at least in place for him to be one of these late season breakouts. Now that's going to do it for us today. That was 11 must add waiver wire targets for weeks. I almost said week six there, but week nine of the fantasy football season. As soon as this is uploaded, I'm going to write my weekly waiver wire article on patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. I will have my top like 15 running backs, 15 wide receivers, a bunch of tight ends, a bunch of quarterbacks. I write a little blurb for them, and I tell you exactly how much fab I would be bidding on each of those players. You can find that patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. There'll be a link in the description in the comment section down below. But if you cannot support there, just watching these videos, supporting, subscribing is huge, leaving a like is huge, all of that good stuff. Regardless, I appreciate you guys, and I will see y'all in the next one.
this false. 